Welcome to The Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mom of six kids, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Payne Show. This is a follow-up episode to the Shiny Happy People episode we did two weeks ago. Jesse sort of interviewed me somewhat, and then I... No. No, that was more of a monologue. <laughs> okay. I was. Did I ask a question? Did I even ask one question? I, think? I feel like you did, but maybe not. Maybe it was, how are you doing? Mm, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're off to a roll and start here. Um, what I was going to say is that I thought that that was going to be more of a conversation. And like you said, it ended up turning into a monologue. I had a lot to share. And we recorded that one raw didn't have, we didn't talk about it ahead of time, really what we were going to say, mostly because I wanted it to be that. I didn't Mm -hmm. want it to be scripted or rehearsed. Not that our episodes usually are, but a lot of times we will at least discuss ahead of time. Here's the points we're going to cover. With that one, I really just felt like it was important for it to be very off the cuff. And so what ended up happening is that I had a lot of words to say off the cuff. You should see Jesse's face right now. He's, <laughs> he's giving me that knowing nod. Of, no, I think it was good that it was off the cuff. But it was honestly, for me, it was really healing. Mm-hmm. This whole just kind of processing through and getting to share has been very healing for my heart. And it's given me a lot of clarity. But I did on Instagram stories. I'm the money saving mom on Instagram. And I would love for you to follow me there, by the way, if you're not. But I did a follow-up question box where people could ask questions on any topic if they listened to the podcast and had further questions. So I answered a lot of those. It's in my highlights on Instagram if you're interested and you missed that. But one of the questions that kept coming up was, what about Jesse? Jesse didn't talk very much. In fact, one woman said she turned it off very quickly after she started listening because she realized that I was just going to be the one talking and she really wanted to hear you talk as well. So we are giving the people what the people want. Jesse. I'd, I'd hate to disappoint them. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> not like in shock that somebody would turn off a podcast because I'm not saying anything. You have a lot of wisdom to share. That or I either owe some people some money. <laughs> <laughs> so this episode, I am going to do something that is not my natural inclination. And that is I'm going to try to not say very many words. (laughs) We'll see how I do with that. So I really want to give you a platform to be able to share. And I clearly, the people really want for you to be able to share as well. And so I'm going to ask you a few questions, but mostly just let's see where it leads. So Jesse, first off, give us a little background on your experience with IBLP, ATI, and all of that. Obviously, my experience is not definitely not as in-depth as yours at all. Um, I was first uh, made known of what IBLP was, probably when starting to go to Grace, for one, the church that we went to growing up, and going to the IBLP seminar. I think I was, I think I was 12 when I went. It was right after I had my brain surgery in 92. 
And I think you had to be 12 or 13 to be able to go in the first place. Yes, you did have to be 12 or 13. It was either right right after my surgery in 92 or it was in the fall of 93. It was one of it was either the fall of 92 or the fall of 93. And so, and then I'd been to several basic seminars after that. And then um, I think I went to one, maybe two advanced seminars. Because uh, I think when you were, you had to be older to go to the advanced seminars. And, and my because th- they talked about eye traps and other. Yeah. No, I did go to, that I was remember a joke. going. That was yeah, a no, joke. no, no, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, I went to an advanced, I didn't go to the advanced seminar. I went to the location of the advanced seminar when I found out about my brain tumor regrowth and I got anointed by some people at our church there at, at the other church that had the, the advanced seminar location. Do you want to explain what you, you just said? I got anointed. Probably a lot of people yeah, have no true. idea what no that means. Clue. That was a very, that was a phrase that we just said. A lot. Well, I think it's it, uh, something that is common in, in conservative, especially in Baptistic circles. I would be um, curious to know if it is. Yeah, right? I, I thought that it was because I've heard of it before. Um, basically, the pastor and a couple elders come. I had it done a couple times. Come and pray over you and just pray for you. It's usually with stressful situations, health situations, and um, then... and anoint you with oil on your forehead, you know, with a thumb of oil on your forehead and just pray for God's protection over you. It's the, I think there's a specific passage of scripture that they, that they would refer to and the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much is the main one. And then I think that there is something about coming together with the anointing oil. Yes. It's from a new Testament scripture passage. I could pull it up, but so you if I remember correctly, because you and I knew each other from the time we were nine and 10, and I feel like you would be at all of the basic seminars. I, I feel like remember. Yeah, because I remember looking for you whenever I would go, if you, when you were of age to go. Yes. And so it, it feels like from our recollection that you probably went every year, just like I did mm-hmm. as well. And then you went to a few advanced seminars. I remember. Two, I think at the most. I remember that we went to then one it was either a basic seminar or an advanced seminar after we were married. And we definitely went to one when we were recording. We did went to one that we were recording. Because we got in big trouble. Mom, well, that's also when your mom got into an accident. Yes. My mom got into a really bad accident, rolled the car, um, ended up really hurting her thumb and hand. And um, that was really scary. But I remember we got in trouble because... Holding hands under the workbook. We were holding hands under the workbook. We were not supposed to be holding hands yet. Our parents had not given us permission to do that. And clearly we knew we weren't supposed to be doing it because we were holding hands under the workbook. (laughs) Just saying, you know, I think looking back, I feel like maybe one of my arguments when we got in trouble for that was, well, you never told us that we couldn't hold hands. Oh, I'm sure that was one of your arguments. But yeah, they were like, Hello, that yeah. was supposed yeah. to be obvious. Anyway, so yes, I remember going. That, remember that one very clearly. So, you didn't grow up in ATI, but you did grow Correct. up in a church that was 
influenced by IBLP and had a lot of families that went to the church that were in ATI. Plus a lot of the church leadership that was in ATI, and then they would funnel that down to everybody else. So how did it impact you? And do you feel like you took it at face value and thought, oh, this is this is right, this is good? I think it was more so the standards that were set is how it influenced me through my parents. And then because them feeling pressured to live by certain standards, do certain things that were of outward appearance. And that trickled down to to me. Um I remember, like like you said, um, I don't know if you mentioned that I actually started homeschooling when I was in sixth grade after my brain tumor, right after my mom died. And it was at that point that, and it all happened right around this like two to three year um, mark because she died in 92. My tumor was in 92. Influence from IBOP was in 92 or 93. Uh, we started going to the new church in 90. Um, so there's a lot changing right there because I went from going, living half the time with my mom, half the time with my dad, to then living full time with my dad and stepmom and then started homeschooling. You started being homeschooled once you were with your dad and your stepmom full time. So do you remember, because you had come from public school mm-hmm. and not a very, you were, you went to church, but I mm-hmm. wouldn't say it was the super conservative upbringing to this church that there was a lot of very conservative, mm-hmm. different, not normal things. Do you recall ever questioning it or being bothered by it? No, I don't know about questioning or being bothered, definitely like the music standards were a whole lot different because we were into the Christian contemporary music at the time, Twilight Paris, Ray Bolts, kind of Rich Mullins, early 90s. Um, and then that had to go by the wayside with some old rock or pop music as well. Um, and we were told we had to stop doing that. Had to stop baseball. That was also partly because of my... Uh, health situations that probably my parents didn't want me probably to be in, you know, put myself in danger of getting physically hurt. Um, plus, I don't know if I was all that good. But you also feel like some of that was the influence. Some of, of it was also the not influence a good of sports thing. was not good. Yeah, and any outward activities uh, with that did not involve all of the family, like individualistic mm-hmm. activities, very much were frowned upon because you were to be a family unit and do things as a family. Right. You didn't want to breed an independent spirit. Or peer pressure. That was another Mm -hmm. thing that like being just with your peers who were your same age, that was not a healthy thing. At least for me, that was. Mm -hmm. So you are going to the IBLP seminars getting. That wasn't quite for me because I had friends in the neighborhood and stuff. So that's true. You're going to the seminars, you're going to this church where there's a heavy influence from IBLP, ATI, but do you feel like there was a time that you can remember? Like I talked about remembering having the lunch with Bill Gothard and just really being bothered by that and then starting to question some things. Do you remember a time when you started questioning things? I think that we were always kind of jaded 
by him some in some way, shape, or form, especially because of the whole parental and child training advice when he was neither married nor had children. And I think that was the big one for me. So can you take any everything at face value at that point? Because we still kind of, we did not go all um, full bore as some people did. Mm-hmm. I mean, we weren't in the program. In ATI, it was completely separate. The IBOP and the ATI, anybody that was an ATI totally drank the Kool-Aid and we were not there. Well, I would say that's a bit of a hasty generalization based upon some of the, maybe in your context of people you knew, it felt like that. Correct. But I think there were some families who were in the program, but weren't kind of fully in the program. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. I just wanted to say that for listeners who might be like, "Eh, that wasn't our situation. So I remember when we were maybe 15 or 16, then the Vision Forum catalog came in the mail. Mm-hmm. I think they had actually purchased the HSLDA list or something oh, when really? they were brand new oh, starting I think, up. I think that's right, yeah. And so this Vision Forum catalog comes in the mail. You and I had a lot of interest in history and mm-hmm. politics and government and just a lot of similar interest. And so this catalog comes in the mail and you and I were both. I feel like there was this excitement around this new ministry business that is kind of catering to what our interests were. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I think our families were doing a garage sale together. And one of like four, the vision form catalog had come and you and I were talking about it. And I know I just, I drank the Kool-Aid. Like I just dove in and. Cause you were, I think you would listen to all the CDs or tapes and Yes, had my little tape player that I would go out and work in the garden. I could quote the Doug Phillips different sessions mm-hmm. that I had the tapes for. I bought, used my money to buy all the CDs. I had every single one of them. I listened to them. But I was wondering for you, do you feel like you were as fully immersed in that? I don't think that, because I was just thinking, trying to think back, did I listen to all his recordings. I don't think I did. At least not as much as you did. I think I listened to a few that like that I would have been interested in, such as some history or government related talks that he had given. Um as far as the, the whole patriarchy underpinnings of what he was spouting, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um I was just more interested in like the historicity and the government and political uh, resources that they were selling. So a lot of people asked, you know, I kind of shared some of my journey. A lot of people wanted to know for you Mm -hmm. because we kind of just, for me, I traded one form of legalism for another form of legalism. It was just one that wasn't quite as to me seemed packaged a little bit better. Like vision forum was not quite as weird. Mm-hmm. As IBLP ATI, so I could. It looked shinier, prettier. Just mm-hmm. the marketing was definitely better. Yes, and for you, what was your journey like? Was there a point in time when you recognized this is legalism? I want out. Like, what was that for you? That what was legalism? The Vision Forum. 
just all of kind of this stuff that we were immersed in growing up? I don't know. Um, I never really thought of it in those terms. I don't think until probably college, maybe even after that, more law school time frame. Because for me, and we've talked about this on the podcast, kind of sharing my journey out of legalism, we can link to that in the show notes, but... It definitely started around that time of after law school, actually. Yes. It was when I had the blog, Biblical Womanhood, and then the forums for the atheist and feminist forums found my blog and started coming over and asking questions. Mm -hmm. And some of them were very ugly and unkind, but there were a few who really wanted to engage with me and asking, where's that in the Bible? And that was really what started me on the journey of really zooming out and looking at scripture as a whole and trying to untangle from the man, the method, the ministry, the different Mm -hmm. people who had interpreted scripture for the people that I looked to, to interpret scripture to me for me before. And really, what does the Bible actually say? What does it look like to, for me personally to seek the Lord? And so what was it like for you? Do you remember? Cause I don't remember. See, I, th- I think part of it is also this. I was at school. I was at secular schools for the most part mm-hmm. for undergrad, then for law school. And I was not in it a hundred percent all the time. And I think that that, having that influence honestly really helped having that external influence. And I, I remember, you know, it was heavily looked down upon that I went to a secular school for my undergrad work. And I was only the second person, no third at church to go to school. And they're like, well, why, why are you doing college. that to go to college? Yeah. Why, why are you doing that? And honestly, I think it was a really good thing. Because you're going into an environment where you know they're not going to be believing with your worldview. Rather than going to an environment where you may think that they do, but they don't. And you probably might end up questioning your own convictions more. Because if you're at a Christian university, it could be easy to take things at face value. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is a Christian university. It's based on the Bible. And when you're at a secular university, you know that it's not. So you're maybe going to be listening with a more discerning ear. Not only just more discerning ear, it teaches you how to think. Mm-hmm. But not only how to think, but also defend your positions. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you maybe go for a run or take a nap or read a book or get together with a friend? Well, I know that a lot of people I talk to wish that they had time to better their spiritual, emotional, physical health. And one way that you can do that is through therapy. I am a huge fan of therapy because in our home, it has been something that has made a major, major difference in the way that we approach life, in the way that we think, in the way that we raise our kids, in helping our kids and ourselves to have better emotional language around how we're feeling and not let our feelings just come out sideways as anger. 
If you're thinking of starting therapy, I would recommend giving BetterHelp a try because it's entirely online. You don't have to leave your home. And get this, you don't have to go out searching for a therapist. Not only is it convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule because it's online, but you go to BetterHelp and fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. And also, if that isn't a good fit, you can switch therapist at any time for no additional charge. It's time to make time for something that is going to feed your soul and help you to become stronger and healthier as a person, not only emotionally and spiritually and mentally, but also I think there's going to be a trickle-down effect physically too. Visit betterhelp.com slash crystal pain today and you're going to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash crystal pain. Are you ready to turn your home into a sanctuary of productivity and inspiration? Look no further than Home Threads, where functionality meets stylish organization. At HomeThreads.com, you'll discover furniture designed for the ambitious go-getter. From efficient workstations to chic storage solutions, they've got everything you need to make your home a hub of success. I got to order from Home Threads, and I think of them pretty much every single day because I have this beautiful tree that I ordered from them and this stand in my office and it just adds the perfect touch and I love it so much. If you'd like to order from Home Threads, head over to homethreads.com forward slash crystal and get a code for 15% off your order because where your home supports your dreams, anything is possible. That's homethreads.com forward slash crystal to get 15% off. Home Threads, love where you live. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. I got to try out Armoire and I was so impressed. I've tried a few other clothing rental services in the past few years and this one by far has been my favorite. Not only did I love taking the style quiz because it was really enlightening and insightful to me to figure out what my style is And it kind of helped me to refine some things that I didn't realize before. I'm more of a classic style, by the way. But also, I was super impressed within what they curated for me to pick from for my case that they would send to me. And I have to tell you, so I got the armoire case in the mail, which is just a fancy way of saying the bag of clothes that they sent to me. And I have loved everything every single one. In fact, I'm wearing one pair of jeans that they sent me yesterday. I wore jeans and a sweater that they sent to me. And I have just been so surprised how they nailed my style, nailed my size, and have sent me clothes that I have loved. So they have so many different clothes to choose from, so many different styles and sizes. And I love that they're all very high quality. If you would like to try out Armoire. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit Armoire Style. 
forward slash crystal. That's armoire style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash crystal to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry what to wear again. Try armoire today. So I recall the move from Kansas to Tennessee when we went to the church here in Tennessee. I remember standing next to you in church during worship and you really kind of struggling with worship being a lot more contemporary Mm -hmm. than hymns and just a piano accompaniment and everything. But Outside of that, I don't recall another time where you and I really, you know, I was kind of on this journey of getting freedom from legalism and stepping Mm -hmm. out of legalism. And it was a long journey for me. And I was really processing a lot of things. I don't recall us butting heads or you struggling through what you believed or disagreeing so, with me. So as far as that goes, you I think you you started your journey when we were still in Kansas. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying, and you don't remember saying this because I had mentioned this to you uh, last week. And you said, I don't remember saying that. And it shook me to my core as when you said it. But And we were talking about church and we were talking about kind of, we didn't use the term legalism, but that's what was... Uh, assumed and understood. If you said, if this is what Jesus is, I don't want anything, any part of it. And it wasn't until we moved here that I understood more where you were coming from and going through the discipleship program, really questioning and knowing I am loved, not because of my belief or what I'm doing or my position, whatever that may be. Um, I am loved because I am his and it's all because of his work. Sure. I, I, I believed in the, the ultimate sacrifice and in, in the work of God, that, that it is finished, that it was done, but there was always that, but I'm not enough. I need to do more. It, and it needs to be Jesus plus some other, um, Getting up and, and doing Bible, you know, having family devotions, doing personal devotions. If you don't do those things, you are a bad Christian. There wasn't freedom. That w- it was a noose or not a noose, um, a yoke around on my shoulders. And um, it wasn't until understanding that I... In Jesus saying, I am enough. You don't need to be doing X, Y, and Z. Take that yoke off. And I think it was going through that, that process and the identity walks of knowing who I am, whose I am, where my uh, trust is, really, or what are my idols. That's what kind of broke um, the chains of legalism, I think. And I feel like for you, just from my vantage point, your chains of legalism were not at all as tightly strung around you. And so probably for me, I needed to start the journey much earlier because it took a very long time and a lot of processing and a lot of wrestling to 
really find that place of freedom. Mm-hmm. And I think for you, it was easier to take those steps to be in a place of really understanding that your worth wasn't in your work mm-hmm. or in your works. And I think that honestly, us moving and you shutting down the law firm, that so was then huge. you not having that as your identity was kind of the security blanket being taken out from under you where you mm-hmm. had nothing then to cling to. Cause I think I had the same experience only it was a number of years before and it just took me a lot longer to process through it before I was at that place of freedom because I feel like I was probably shackled a lot tighter than you were. Mm-hmm. So one of the questions that someone asked was how has it been for you? Because it seems like, you are married to a woman who is strong. We've actually done a podcast on that. And then also, no, not, not at all. <laughs> and then your daughters have very strong personalities Kirsten as well. Is, she's got a strong personality. And how has that been for you? And has there been a challenge for you? I don't think so. And we were talking about this and I, I feel like we went into marriage more on the same page and Mm -hmm. and we have always kind of been this unit where we've done things as a team never really viewed marriage as one over the other it's we're pulling the same direction we're on the same team we've you know we're a unit we're one that's what it means and so i think that probably also made your process easier because mm-hmm. you didn't have this view of your position of power mm-hmm. kind of taking this patriarchal position of power over us or seeing that my strength was something that needed to be almost like tampered down. Yeah. You saw it as something to build up and something that you encouraged mm-hmm. me to do these things. Look and at Proverbs 31. You are the Proverbs 31 woman. I've always told you that. You did tell me that a long, long time ago. Um, And so I really feel like God kind of prepared your heart long ago so that it wasn't this journey where there was a lot of us wrestling against each other. Mm -hmm. It was us wrestling on the same path toward the same goal. And I, I think that we are such different people than we were when we got married, Mm -hmm. but by the grace of God, we are closer because we've been on this journey together versus we could have really been torn apart Mm -hmm. because of the difference, the massive difference of where our hearts are and what we believe and who we are compared to the people that we were when we got married. And so I just see the kindness and goodness of God in leading us together and him kind of working on my heart first because he knew that I was very stubborn and would need a lot of years. And then bringing you into that when it was time, when your heart was going to just be ready for for this. And I think us moving here and being in the church that we are here mm-hmm. has been a real gift and taught us a lot about the gospel, the goodness of God, grace, and what it looks like to live out 
of that. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's the big thing of like, well, if you don't have legalism, then is it just lawlessness, Mm -hmm. you know, as in there are no guidelines and guardrails. I think that also we defining legalism um, in, in my eyes, legalism is saying you have things have to be a certain way. And you have to do a certain things. I, as you were talking, I was thinking one of the big breakthroughs for me was feeling the freedom that I didn't need to be the sole breadwinner at the home, in the home. That was huge, huge, a huge burden on me because when I had my law practice, it wasn't bringing in enough to pay for our monthly expenses plus run the practice. And having to learn the humility that it doesn't just have to be me. We are a team. We are a unit. Let's do this together. And realizing I have strengths, you have strengths. I have weaknesses, you have weaknesses, and we're supposed to complement each other on those. And that's how we become the best family that we can be. Otherwise, we're just going to be fighting and struggling and pulling against each other. We're not going to be going in the right direction. We're not going to be going in the same direction. We're probably going to be being stagnant. But instead, I think that being on the backside of, of learning those lessons, I can see how God used that then to push us in a direction that we never could have imagined that we would be in, things that we're doing, people that we're serving lessons that we're learning, lessons that we're teaching to our children. It's just mind-boggling. I mean, I I was thinking um, we had a verse when we got married that man has not heard nor, no, man has not, you can finish it. You can sing it. Are you saying Isaiah 64? Isaiah 64.4. I have not seen nor ear heard. Nor entered in the heart of man what God has prepared for them that wait for him. Mm -hmm. And it's just amazing to sit back and think where we've come from and where we are today. Mm-hmm. It's that verse personified mm-hmm. and it's been a beautiful thing. Yeah. And I was just thinking as you were sharing how I feel like formulas led to frustration mm-hmm. in our marriage because it was, you're supposed to be a certain kind of leader and do a certain kind of thing. You need to fit in this box. And I'm supposed to be a certain kind of wife and do a certain thing. And neither one of us fit into those boxes. Mm -hmm. And so when we recognize that God didn't create those boxes for us, yes, I believe very much that man and woman are created differently with unique roles and giftings. But each individual man and woman is also given specific wirings and giftings. Mm -hmm. And so if we have a formula for every home is supposed to look exactly like this, Mm -hmm. every marriage is supposed to function exactly like this, every child is supposed to be raised exactly like this, we are missing out on so much because we're not seen people lean into their giftings Mm -hmm. and their wirings. And so the way that our marriage works isn't going to work for any other marriage because there's no other marriage that is the two of us married. And the same thing with each of our kids, our individual image bearers of God. 
And so we want to help them to bear his image in the way that God has called them to, in the wirings that he's given them, in the way that he's gifted them. And it's a beautiful thing. And that's why there is so much beauty in the world. If you look outside the window, I mean, just looking outside and all of the colors and all of the different kinds of trees and the different kinds of flowers and birds and animals and grass and weeds, you know, and those aren't supposed to be there. <laughs> we weren't created to be carbon copies of one another. And so I guess just sharing this, my encouragement would really be, are you leaning into the gifting that God has given you? Are you leaning into the calling that he's placed on your life? Or are you trying to fit into a box that someone else has set up for you and thinking that's how it's supposed to look? Are you reading a book and trying to stuff your husband or your child or yourself into the model that this author has created? Are you listening to a podcast and trying to set your home up exactly like this podcaster or listening to a sermon and trying to be exactly like that person? We are supposed to be image bearers of Christ, not of any other individual on this earth. And so formulas lead to frustration. But I feel like when we live into the understanding of the gospel and the goodness of God and how he's created us, and we step into that, that's where we find true freedom and joy. And I'm just so grateful to look back and see God's goodness and how he's led us and to be at this place of really having freedom in the callings that he's given us. And for you to have that freedom, you don't have to be a certain kind of husband because someone else told you that's who you're supposed to be. And right. I don't have to be a certain kind of wife because someone else told me that's who I'm supposed to be. We want to seek God together, search the scriptures together, and together have the Holy Spirit lead us for how he has called our family to live. And that's where there's true freedom and true joy. Thank you for joining us today. For more great resources, please visit crystalpain.com. 